You listen to 247 Real Talk. This is your host, Julian Perry. And for this episode, I have a very special guest. He's an Academy Award nominee and a three-time Golden Globe nominee. I'll be right back with none other than Eric Roberts. So good evening, Eric. Welcome to 247 Real Talk. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to have you here. You know, I, I most recently um, called your name in a discussion or a, a guest with um, Mukesh Modi for The Elevator. Right, right, right. I love Mukesh. Yes, and uh, we were discussing you quite a bit, and I was kind of saying to him, you know, how'd you get Eric Roberts for your movie? Because he was explaining his struggle in, you know, and his savings and all the things he had to do to, you know, eventually you know, be able to produce that. And, and, I, and I said, well, how'd you get a celebrity like Eric Roberts? You know, <laughs> I would have thought that he would have had a lesser name. Well, it was based solely on the script itself. It was such a good script, such a fun project. And every one of us has walked into an elevator and every one of us has said, what if I got stuck in here? We've all done this somewhere sometime. And th this is just living through that fantasy. And it was so much fun to make because uh, <laughs> I get in a lot of elevators. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I kind of, um, what, what came to mind and I told Mukesh when I um, spoke with him was it reminded me a bit of, and I only saw the trailer, but it reminded me a bit of, of the concept, a bit of a phone booth. Was that what, Ethan right, Hawke? Right, the same, it's the same trapness, exactly. Right, and, I, and, I, and then I saw the trailer and I said, oh, I've got to see this movie. It's just, it's just um, even though it's, it, it's just, I think, so relevant in a time of a pandemic and everything else where you get to self-reflect. Well, we've, we've all learned to spend a lot more time alone during this pandemic than we did before. And uh, we've also learned that uh, we have to take our lives and our daily routines in the, in the forethought now. We have to think about what we're doing and why and with whom. And we have to take care of everybody, in, including ourselves. And it, it's a little bit of a trick, but it, but it also makes us act like grown-ups some of us being included for the first time in a long time where, where we have to, we, we have to think you can considerately for other people now. Yes. Yes. I absolutely agree. So I'm going to take my audience and, uh, and myself on a bit of a journey with you. Um, I have met you in person, but so I'd like to start, I'd like to go back a little bit and tell us, tell us a bit of the story of how Eric Roberts got into film. Well, uh, I wanted to be an actor since I did my first play at four. Uh, and, uh, and so I've, it's all I've ever done. I grew up in repertory theater doing eight to 12 plays every year of my life from the time I was five years old. And, uh, I got to New York at 18 and, uh, and, uh, I got in Joe Pat's repertory company, got to very lucky, uh, did, did a play down there, got seen by a manager who, uh, who, who discovered Chris Walken, Tom Berenger, Sissy Spacek, Carol Kane, uh, 
Melly Maron, all kinds of people like that. He discovered me and, um, and he got me my first, my first movie audition for King of the Gypsies, which I got that the Frank Pearson wrote and also directed. And it was done by Dino De Laurentiis's company. And, um, and I became a movie star and, uh, and then, and then the world was kind of my oyster. I, I got to do what I wanted to do every day of my life and, uh, just, and, realize how really lucky I was and have been grateful and thankful and happy my whole adult life. And, uh, I, I, I have a, have a wonderful marriage of 28 years and, uh, and a wonderful, you know, career in, in movies of, I don't know, 42 years and 43 years, something. And, uh, uh, I have no complaints and, and, um, I don't really know what to say because because I'm ridiculously happy. Well, I can tell you, I mean, just hearing you say that. So, you know, there's a, a couple of takeaways from just hearing you say that. One is so many people and I will say so many of us because I won't exclude myself. You know, we sort of end up in the job and we, we sort of chase uh, money to to meet our bills or whatever the case would be. And we find ourselves in careers that we don't really love and it's an ends to means more than, you know, enjoying what we do every day and, and enjoying what you do every day is really an integral part of living. So you are very lucky and, you know, uh, to be, you know, living out your dreams, so to speak, especially since you knew that you wanted to do this at such a young age. Well, you know, it's it's also a lot of circumstance. You know, there's a lot of really good actors out there who aren't as fortunate as I am, and they're just as good actors as I am. But it's also circumstance. And I've got this team. I had this wife who I made my manager because uh, she just understands everything. First of all, she's from your showbiz royalty. Her mom and her dad, and she just gets it all. And she uh, and she understands the crazy hours. The the only negative we have in our industry are the crazy hours. All the rest of it is wonderful. But the hours are hard. You know, we work in 16 to 20 hours every day. And um, it gets old real quick. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you marry right for what you do, which I did, <laughs> you, uh, you will come home to something you're glad to come home to every day and understands where you're coming from. And, um, and you know, uh, the older I get, the happier I am and the happier I am, you know, the more I realize it's a lot of luck involved. I mean, I was always prepared. I was always very well studied. I always got ready to get ready to get ready to do it. But, uh, but it was also circumstance. It's a lot of right time, right place. And, uh, it's also being loved by people you never meet who uh, who see your work and go I want him in my life I want him in my work and uh, so it's it's a lot of it's a lot of circumstances I said well yes I mean you know people say right place right time and I I certainly identify with what you're saying because um, you know this is later in my life but I started this podcast and I've been on the journey of empowering and helping people and bringing either true stories to life and bringing uh, stories of others that need to be told. And then also, you know, even for celebrities like yourself, um, having real 
basic or, or, or you know, real down-to-earth conversations that my audience uh, can identify with. And I hope that out of each episode that someone gets something that inspires them. Um, right. Well, what, what, what you're doing with a really good young podcast is you're playing Robin Hood, pal. You're, uh, you're taking from the outside world of what everybody wants and you're bringing it down so everybody can understand how they got it and what it is. And so, so, so what you're doing is you're, is you're, is you're taking from those who have and you're giving to those who have not. So it's a wonderful process, this whole podcast thing. And it's why they are so popular and why, and why yours is so, is so popular is, uh, is because of how you're giving back, dude. It's a cool thing. Well, yes, I feel, I, I feel, um, really blessed and really empowered to give back. You know, I have an episode coming up that, and this is a spoiler, but since it's pre-recorded, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's going to be released. To, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be released tomorrow, July 16th. And it's the really, um, riveting story of someone who was abducted, raped and tortured for three days and three nights and escaped on the fourth day. Wow. Uh, wow. Wow. What yeah. a story, dude. Yes. And you know, she's it telling would, it. it would- but it's going to be too hard to watch. Yeah, I know, but she's telling it, you know, she, she, this happened back in 1982 and it took her 20 years to, 20 years to go to the authorities. It had that much. And, you know, she hasn't, her, she is telling you that her life has not been the same since. So that's part of what I do. You know, the, we need, apparently there is some belief that her captor or her abduct, or abductor is still out there and actually, it may be a serial killer, and in that area where it happened, there are like 2,000 missing girls. Wow, dude, that's a story. You may that be starring Eric story. Roberts, right? That's <laughs> a great story. You know, you, know, you, uh, you, uh, you make it a series by having, having this, uh, this, uh, this uh, cop you know, find this story and start to chase it. So every week he gets you know, closer and closer, and he discovers more and more. That's a cool story, dude, and... And if it's and if it's a true story, yes, that's just is. another added added benefit to it. Yes, I've, I'm, I'm, uh, today I spent some time on the phone with the reporter, who initially I think might have uh, re- you know reported on it, and and he has some of the documentation that he's going to share with me so that I can you know kind of take this journey further to see if he can actually catch up with this person at some point. That is cool, man. I I want to play a good guy in this. Yes. Well, you know, I'm glad you, that's a nice segue <laughs> because <laughs> Good for us. I'm going to ask you when you got into movies, when deep down inside, when you got into your serious movies, what type of character did you want to play? Who did you see Eric Roberts as in, in the character? Good guy, well, bad guy, what? I know. I, I never, I never saw myself as, anything but an actor and uh and i i uh and when i first got into movies i played a hero it was it was in king of the gypsies and he was he was a hero and then and then and then and then in my next movie it was paul's case it, it was it was for the american short story series it was it was a thing by uh, by willa katha there was kind of a built-in tragedy about a boy who never really got out of out of out of his teens and uh, then, then, then I played a very likable young gunner's mate in World War II in a movie with us, with the Sissy Spacek. Whereas an actor, I met you know, Sam Shepard, who was also in the movie. Fell in love with him as a guy. We 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 made really good friends, and then we worked together 
Years later, uh, we played we played a sheriff and an outlaw in a great western called Purgatory, and uh, Sam and I got very close during that movie. And uh, I'm only bringing uh, bringing him up because you know, we lost him. You're not you're not you're not too long ago, and I really miss him. Right. Uh, but what 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 was I talking about again? <laughs> I was yeah, asking you about you know your role. Uh, you know if you had a role or or a select. Right. You know, I like I like played very likable guys at first, and then and then came Bob Fosse, and Bob Fosse and Hal Ashby were my two heroes as like filmmakers of my young life, and uh, Bob Fosse was you know casting a movie called Star Eighty based based on a short story out of out of the Village Voice on the on the death of Dorothy Stratton, and so uh, I auditioned five times, and he gave me the part, and uh, from and and. And he made a truly great movie, maybe the best docudrama ever made, called Star 80. And uh, and from that moment on, if you wanted a psychotic bad guy, you called Eric Roberts for a while. <laughs> and, uh, so, and so I played a string of bad guys for like 15 years all the time. And um, and only really got out of, uh, you know, I, I suppose I never really got out of playing bad guys. I just don't play an occasional good guy. But you know, bad guys are a lot more fun because you get better clothes, you get better cars, you get you you you, you, you get more exposed women, and and you get to die. So so it's always it's always fun. Well, I have to tell you, you know, being you know keeping it honest, keeping it real talk, that when I think of Eric Roberts, I think of the bad guy, but I don't think of the bad guy in a way I dislike. You know. Uh, maybe it has to do with the fact that I'm a man, but um, I kind of you have this persona on screen that you know. If, as I, if I get into the movie, you you're you're the bad guy. You you have the the expression, you have the the mannerisms, you have the you know. If if like if I were to sort of fantasize of being in the movie in real life and walking into a room and trying to figure out who was in charge and who was a bad guy, that'd be you. I love that. Thank you, pal. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I, 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 I see, I see your role. So tell us, tell us something about your favorite movies. I mean, I looked at your IMDb and you have uh, probably over 630 credits. And I was like, wait a minute, this list is really too long, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a good thing for you. But when you're trying to f identify with specific movies and remember throughout my life, what I saw, um, tell us about your favorite movies. Okay. I got about a dozen favorites. Uh, if you say I've made 600 film appearances, about 5% of them are my favorites. And they're this. King of the Gypsies, Runaway Train, Star 80, Pomegranate Village, It's My Party, Love is a Gun, Purgatory, Saved by the Light. Uh, I guess those are my eight favorite. And my favorite show I've ever seen is called Righteous Gemstones. And it's like, you know, this uh, this past year, Tom Brady got to, got to his, uh, his team hosted the uh, Super Bowl, and he won the Super Bowl. That's never been done before. Well, my favorite show was holding auditions. And I tell my wife, Righteous Gemstone is holding auditions. We've got to audition. And my wife says to me, they know who you are. If they wanted you, they would call you. 
And I kind of felt bad and said, well, you know what? I want to audition anyway. She goes, okay, I'll help you. So we, so we, so we put together the audition. We sent it in and I got the part, dude. Yeah. I'm on my favorite show. I'm like Tom Brady. I get to, I get to host the Super Bowl, dude. And, and I just can't believe it. And it's such a good show. I'm on it. I'm having fun. Almost all my scenes are with John Goodman, who I've fallen madly in love with as a goomba. <laughs> He's the coolest cat on the planet. And uh, I can't I can't believe my good fortune, man. Well, yeah, that and that list that you gave. So what I identify with, um, the two things that come to mind are Runaway Train and Purgatory. Probably Runaway Train being first and foremost in my mind. Tell me about that. Well, Runaway Train was interesting. We, uh, we got to Montana on around Valentine's Day of that year. And we're supposed to start shooting in a week after we got there. And we arrive in Montana, so, somewhere, somewhere around Billings, and we watched it thaw. And it literally thawed. And so we all kind of shrugged. What do we do? And the, uh, the producer was from Israel, uh, Menachem Golden. And he said, um, it takes place in Alaska. We shoot it in Alaska. So we took the whole crew, the whole cast. We, we, uh, we shipped us all to the ski resort in Anchorage, Alaska. And he rented three miles of track, 30 miles north of Anchorage. And we would drive every morning to that location and go back and forth on this 30-mile thing of track and shoot a movie. And it was cold as cold can possibly be. And uh, it was really hard and really fun. And John Voight is an actor's actor, and we had a great time together working. Now, the, the, the conditions of cold and all that do, that, do those conditions actually sort of help you to really get into the role? I'll be honest with you. I'm a bit of a sissy. <laughs> and when I get really uncomfortable... I get really put upon. Oh my God, I'm really uncomfortable. And uh, so, so uh, it was great, you know, for me because I had to fight my way into character and fight my way through the performance. But also, this this character had to fight his way through his day every day because it was so awful. It was like, I mean, we 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 were working in conditions that were like you know 15 below on a train doing at 30 miles an hour. Now we're supposed to be in conditions that are, you know, 40 below and a train doing near 60 miles an hour. But still, it was it was really uncomfortable. And I'm an actor. I'm not an escape convict. I'm an actor. So it was it was a little it was a little tough. And uh, John Voight was a great example because people don't realize that he he only weighed 160 pounds when we made that movie. And he is six foot two inches tall. Right. So he was a beanpole, but he wore a whole body suit. He looked enormous. So uh, he had an advantage, and then he stayed warmer than I did, and that he was covered up. But uh, but he was he was a great teammate, and we had a great time working together. And it was hard. It was really really hard. But look how the movie turned out. Yeah, it's a really cool movie, and then I love seeing that movie when I see it every now and then. So now tell me about Purgatory. That's the other one out of your list that. Um Oh, I, I also left in two movies off that list. So one is called Final Analysis with me and Kim Basher and, uh, and, and Richard Gere that Phil Joanna directed. And the other is, of course, Best of the Best, Parts 1 and 2. Okay. Uh, but tell me about Purgatory. But you're asking Purgatory. Well, Purgatory 
was an offer from a, a, a German director named, uh, what's Eli? Uh, uh-huh. No. Uh, Uli Udell. Uli Adel, that's right, Uli Adel. Uh, he's a German director, and he called it off me the part. So it was a really cool part. It was a bad guy, Blackjack. He's an outlaw. He's a gunslinger. So it's a great, fun, fun, fun part to play. And I said, can I use my own horse? Because I have a beautiful white Arab. Can, can I use my own horse? And they said, of course you can. And they saw my horse, and they said, your horse is way too good looking. <laughs> we, 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 uh, we, uh, we can't have a pretty horse. So I said, okay. So I go out to where they have all these horses for all these Westerns, and they have these Wranglers. And they say, okay, first of all, do you ride? And I say, I ride. And I say, okay, actors say they ride, but actors don't usually ride. Do you ride? I said, I ride. And I gave my, you know, my history on my, on my grandfather raised in Tennessee Walkers, and I've always been around horses, blah, 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 blah. So... They say, well, we got, we got these horses, we got these horses, we got these horses. Now you gotta ride to ride these horses, you gotta ride really good to ride these horses, you gotta be cowboy to ride these horses. Where do you want to start? And I saw this old horse with a really skinny neck in the, in the hard to ride corral. I said, what is his story? That ugly horse, what's his story? It said, that's Eddie and he's mean. I said, okay, well, I want to meet him. So, I met Eddie, and he made a face at me. He like he like put his ears back, and he grinned at me like you know I, I dare you to pick me and that kind of thing. So I did. I picked him, and we and we saddled him up. And he was the meanest guy I've ever been on. But the great thing about him was this: he would not be outrun. And he was a little guy. He was only 15 hands high. You know, thoroughbreds are 16 and 17 hands. So he was a small horse, but. uh uh, we had this huge stampede in the movie Purgatory, where it's it's about it's about a hundred riders, and uh, and we have a bunch of cattle, and it it's a real stampede. And if you fall off a horse in a stampede, you're probably going to die. So so it's kind of a serious situation, and uh, and you know we have all all cowboys and me, and uh, and uh, I like you know past you know the. Uh, the uh, test with the cowboys I could ride when I could ride this crazy horse I picked. So <laughs> we, uh, we start the stampede and my crazy little horse outran everybody, outran the whole herd. He just had to be first. And it was so much fun. I can't tell you. It was a fantasy come true for an actor playing a cowboy in a Western, having a horse that has to be first. It was so much fun. That is a really great story. And I'm also, I didn't call it in the beginning, but you added final analysis. So give us something on that, too. Well, final analysis was such a cool movie. It's such a good movie and such a good director. And I got to work with, uh, with, uh, with Kim Bassner, who was so much fun. And I had this scene, the opening of the movie, where I'm in my bathroom smoking a cigarette. I've just shaved, and I am buck naked. And, and she walks in, and we talk... It, into the mirror, I'm I'm looking at her in the mirror. She's standing over my shoulder, and we and we have this scene in the mirror. Where I'm talking to her, and I'm smoking a cigarette, I've just shaved, and I'm naked. And we and we finish talking, and I turn around and I tell her to do it, and she hits her knees, and we cut out of the scene. And uh, it, it's one of the one. It's one of the, it's just one of those scenes. It's just it's an incredible scene. Phil Giovanno created for us. And uh, 
It was the hardest scene I've ever shot because I had to stand there all day naked. And as a man, you pay attention to how your equipment looks when it's in public. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's it's a very self-conscious place to be all day. And I was there all day. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies. And Kim, Kim Baster is remarkable in it. Uma Thurman is remarkable in it. Richard Gere is remarkable in it. I'm not bad. And it's a really good movie. Yeah, well, that's all A-list, including yourself. That's all A-list uh, actors on my list. So, ah, thank you, Pat. Um, that is that is really great. Um, so, I have some other questions in mind. Before I get there, I think my audience would be very upset with me if I didn't ask you about Julia. What do you want to know? Well, I mean, let's start off with: Did you guys take the same a similar journey? Well, you know, uh, I left home at. 18 and I came to New York and uh, I got I got the American Academy of Dramatic Art, you know, by auditioning. At the end of my first year, I was not asked back, but I was seen by a cast director named uh, named Marion Doherty. She discovered people like you know, Robert Redford, Robert Streisand, Paul Newman. Uh, she was uh, George Ray Hill's girlfriend. He was the uh, the uh, the director of uh, of, of, of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, among a bunch of other things. Look him up. Uh, he was fantastic. And, uh, and she, uh, she saw me do a play at the American Academy. She called me in, uh, for an audition. I auditioned for a, for a TV, for a, for a TV movie I did not get. But out of that, this other casting director, Juliet Taylor, who does all the Woody Allen films now. She saw me, and she uh, introduced me to my then manager, Bill Tresh. He's a guy who had discovered Carol Kane, Chris Walken, Tom Berenger, all kinds of people he discovered. Sissy Spacek, and uh, and he uh, he took me on, and he uh, he got in the, and he got me audition for my for my first movie, King of the Gypsies. I got very lucky. It was a big hit. I became an international movie star who knew and uh and then about 10 years later uh i've been nominated for an academy award and three golden globes and here comes my my baby sister out of high school and uh i got her her her, uh, her screen actress guild card by putting her in a in a very bad movie called blood red where she played my sister. It's a horrible Western. It is not a good movie. I do not recommend it. But it got her her Screen Actors Guild card. And then all the rest, she she did on her own. And uh, then about five years after that, she got, you know, Pretty Woman and became one of the biggest stars in the world for the next decade. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it, was, it was a very different journey for both of us, but it was you know, the same that we both got what we came after. And, uh, and, uh, and we both really enjoy our lives. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm glad, but I don't, th I think that was a great story because I don't think, I think, you know, many people don't know how it started. So I'm glad that you shared that because sure. you know, people make assumptions, you know, I guess you have, you know, Julie Roberts fans will say, well, you know, who, who helped who, so to speak, you know, and uh, you know what, had it, had it been the other way around, you know, she would have gotten me my 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 union card you know it's what it's what family does you know, for family it's exactly not, big, not it's not doing anything that's 
unexpected or that's or just not expected. It ought to be expected. Right. And uh, and so you know, it just was what it was. All right. So I'm I'm going to move on a little bit to um, a couple of TV shows. Um, one of my favorites. Well, my wife made it my favorite. Um, I don't even say it's my favorite, but she made me watch it to the point where I saw a lot of op- episodes. And uh, Maritza Hargitay is one of her favorite um, actresses. So you were on uh, Law and Order SVU, weren't you? What a cool show to be on! That those those showrunners are fantastic people. Yeah, she she you know when when I when I looked at your credits I said wait a minute because you were on both Criminal Intent and SUV I believe but I happened to see Maritza Hargitay in action in Manhattan just by chance I was walking by and she was they were filming and I said I took a picture because as I said she's one of my wife's favorites and so I, I I promised her I'd ask you what it was like to work with her. She is so lovely and so calm and so loving and so lovable and so approachable and so normal, and so considerate. She's all those things wrapped up in a very busy woman who is working her tail off, and, uh, and she's, she's kind. And, um, and uh, I'm crazy about her. And when, when, I, when I did that show, I was in red herring, because everybody knows me as a bad guy. Right. So, so everybody thought I was going to be the bad guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's the... No, he's not the bad guy. Oh, my God. So it was one of those. <laughs> okay, and then I'm going to ask you, because my wife is a doctor, I'm going to ask you about Grey's Anatomy. Okay, well, Grey's Anatomy, I had a little arc on there. I played the uh, the lead's dad. And um, uh, I like started out great with that show. I had a couple of great episodes. Then I had this really great episode. I learned all my lines, and I've got five days to myself. I go off and I make a movie. I come back and it's completely rewritten. The the day we start to shoot, I get the rewrites. I'm not ready. I did not like my performance at all because I felt I was insecure and a little stiff in that last episode that you saw me. But I love that show. I love that crew. I love him. He's such a great cat. And uh, we had so much fun working together. But uh, I did not do that show justice last time because... Um, of the episodic nightmare rewrites. I learned all my lines. I went off in main movies, came home, and had completely had a completely rewritten show that I was not prepared to do. And I felt I did not live up to that show in the last presentation of it. That's just an opinion. So, but it's mine. <laughs> okay. So, looking at your IMDb, I see a bunch of uh, po- things in post production for 2021 and 2022, actually. Tell me about mm-hmm. some of those projects. Well, the only one to really talk about right now would be Babylon. And uh, uh, um, Babylon is, um, uh, uh, let me not over-talk Babylon. Just, uh, just Google it and check it out. Babylon. It's, uh, it is going to be spectacular. That's the only one I'd like to really talk about right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, elevator, is Elevator out? I can't remember what the release date. The, the the elevator I think comes out this week. Now the elevator is a really fun situation because I was offered it. You know, I've got I've got I've got two script readers who read all my scripts, and if they if they like them, they leave a sy- synopsis on my desk. And if I like the uh, 
synopsis, I read the script. And then if I like the script, I say, let's go do this movie. And so I'm always doing homework. And there always have a pile of scripts on my desk that are, that are, that are pros and cons. But I got this one called The Elevator, and it got a great write-up from, from my reader. So I read it, and it really hit the spot. We've all had that fantasy as we stand or walk into an elevator of it, of it getting stuck or, a, or of it falling and like, and like plummeting. We've all had those fantasies. Well, this, this is that fantasy. And the, why I know this movie had an omen in its favor is this. While we're making the movie, I get in a freight elevator with the writer and the producer and, 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 and another actor, and the elevator got stuck for nine minutes. And uh, it was a freight elevator. But the first thing you think about is, oh, my God, I'm in a stuck elevator. I'm only human. I will eventually have to use the bathroom. This is awful. That's the first thing you think about. And, uh, but we, uh, we did get out after nine minutes. But it was an omen, I felt, for the film. This is a, it's a truly wonderful film to watch. Well, yeah, Mukesh did mention uh, being stuck in the elevator. And I, I didn't mention it before, but I, I've also had Eugenia Kuzmina on my show. Such a cool chick. Yes. And she, I believe, played the, the, uh, the opposite role to you in the, in the elevator. That's right. Yeah, she's a great girl. We had a great time together. Okay, so what would you, what advice would you give someone who is passionate about acting now and is trying to break through. I mean, it, it seems that, and I don't know, and you can probably tell me more that when you first started to now, the whole industry has changed and the path is quite different. What advice would you give to an up and coming actor who is probably, you know, let's assume that they're very talented, but they're going through the struggles of getting to a point where they can even become a shadow of Eric Roberts. Well, they took our medium away. It was called film. And they took that medium away. It, it does not exist anymore. There are five directors. Uh, Talone, Anderson, um, three others who allowed film. But there is no film anymore. It's just HD. And they have crews now who aren't trained to shoot. They just hold the camera up and push the on button. And uh, it's all very fast. It's all very cheap. And uh, when, when a film took in three months back in the day, it now takes literally five days. And uh, so you take, you, take, you take 90 days down to five days, literally. That's how they make movies now. And they look it. You know, movies look cheap now. They look, they look crappy. They don't look, you know, romantic. They don't look like you, like, uh, you don't you know, see a person's, you know, you know, you know, face and go, God, I want to kiss that. You, you, uh, you look at their face and go, wow, he has acne. You, it's so, it's so different now. And, uh, it is what it is. And we either live with it or we get out. And a lot of people did get out. And, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the middle-aged actresses left because of how they looked. It was, it was unfortunate. And, uh, but you know, as a guy, it's much easier for me. And, uh, I'm just lucky, man. I, I, I'm just, I'm just so lucky and, and, and I know it. And I have you know, the best job on the planet and they allow me to do it all the time. And I'm just thankful and happy and I have a wife who understands the hours. <laughs> so it's all good. 
But what and, would you uh, what would you tell the the up and coming actor? You know, these these uh, let's see, okay, have someone that's that's uh, demoralized, someone that's you know. Treat treat everybody you ever meet like they're going to be your boss next week because this whole new medium of HD and the quickness of it, people people run the show very quickly now, and if they're good, they're going to stand out. So treat everybody like they're going to be your boss next week because they might be. That 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 would be my advice to any young actor right now. Great, 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 and and I have to tell you, it's it's been such a pleasure not only to hear your voice but to actually speak with you because you know, as a viewer, like all, all the other viewers out there, we we form impressions of you know the the actors and actresses that we like. Sometimes the impressions are are purely from the roles that they play, and you find out that. You know, the actual person is nothing like the role that they play. So it's, 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 it's really great to have an opportunity to speak to you and to hear from you yourself. And my audience, I'm sure, will be jumping for joy to know that they got the opportunity to hear you on 247 Real Talk. So thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of my show. It's, you know, it's, it's an honor. That was so kind of you. Bless your loving heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, I wish you the best of luck in your your endeavors, although I, I suspect that based on your track record already, that's all that can happen to you. Oh, thank you, pal. All right. Have a good night. All my love and respect. Peace out. You too. Thank you. I want to say a very special thank you to my guest, Oscar nom- Award nominee Eric Roberts, for gracing us with his presence and for the great conversation and advice to up and coming actors. I also want to say thank you so much to my audience for your continued support. Reminding you, you can listen to this episode and all episodes on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to leave me a message, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please leave me or send me an email at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. Until the next time, take care of yourselves and each other.